Welcome to the Legislate podcast, a place to learn about the latest insights and trends in property, technology, business building, and contract drafting. Today, I'm excited to welcome Jules Robertson to the show. Jules is the co-founder of Tally Market, a business which allows companies to offer their employees the right type of workspace as and when they need it. Jules, thank you for taking the time. Would you like to please share a bit of background about yourself and Tally? Sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, background about Tally is we started the market two years ago. Uh, essentially, we are a transparent marketplace for workspace. We try and make it easy as possible for teams to find workspace to meet their needs and also to compare workspace. So whether that's like a full-time office or a hot desk or a meeting room, we can help you out. Basically, any type of workspace you need anywhere across the world. We started, as I said, during COVID, and we originally started with on-demand workspace. So if people wanted very much like ad hoc meeting rooms, hot desks, part-time offices, office shares. And as people have returned to the office, we now have lent and do a lot of full-time offices as well. Anything from a more out-the-box solution, so like work-life or a WeWork, right up towards like very custom offices. You want it to like your branding and have very custom your own team. So yeah, we do a nice combination of both on-demand and full-time spaces. And yeah, that's about it. That's great. Great. And uh, how has your business evolved? So you you said you started during COVID and now there's been this return to the office. Has that shaped or changed vision for Tally and what you offer? Yeah, a lot. I guess before we saw as much more Airbnb for workspace, so completely supporting teams that were remote or didn't have a full-time office. And now we completely support hybrid teams. So a lot of teams that we work with, we do a full-time office and we supply them with on-demand space at the same time. So like a good example would be a team that we have We find them an office in London for 50 people, say. They have a distributed team throughout the world. So they might have a few in Manchester, a few in Barcelona. And we can also support them with space as well. There's, I think, especially at the moment, like a fairness thing in workspace where different team members on different contracts, um, they want to be able to provide them all with kind of equal level of working and perks and amenities, et cetera. So for us, the ability to provide both those products to the same team, like in an easy way, is like should be good for the employees of that company. Perfect. And what's been your favorite moment in those two years of building Tally? Sorry, my favorite. Moment so far. Do you know what I love is every day I love, uh, basically on Slack, we have a channel where all our bookings pop up. And that's like my favorite channel in the world because I love to know that today hundreds of different people are sitting in workspaces because of us. So for me, building Tally is all about changing people's behaviors. And, you know, we have teams, they'll be like, oh, we went on an offsite to France and uh, needed a workspace while we were there. So we just used Tally and then we did this and like love the actual utilization of it. For me, that's like the exciting part part about building like a product is actually changing behaviors. Congratulations. And uh, we have a Slack channel as well for signups, but also for payments. And uh, I'd like it if it was a bit more active than, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but yeah, every, every sign up always creates a bit of adrenaline. Yeah. So. Pushing the goalpost, aren't you, as a founder? Like, I remember the day where I was like, I can't wait till this automatically happens. And now it's automatic. You just want it to be like bigger and bigger. So always pushing the goalposts out, but. Exactly. 
and uh, and what do you wish you had known before starting Tally? I wish I knew more about growth marketing, I would say. My background is very mixed. It's like from banking, and then I did an MBA, and then I joined another startup in the payment space. And I, like any startup, did a bit of everything. But I didn't do much in terms of marketing, and I wish I knew how to run growth experiments. I didn't realize how much uh, growth as its own concept and the way to, like, structure growth within a company is really important. I think that's something we've only just come to terms with. Um, now we have very structured growth sprints to test different parts of the funnel. And I think that experimentation mindset is something that I wish we had started with from day one, whereas I think it was a little bit more the founder vision at the beginning. <laughs> and I think we needed to be a bit more structured about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think uh, growth is a bit of a, a chicken egg problem where it only makes sense once you've got so much or a certain amount of volume and until you yeah, get to that right. volume it really just is uh, running around trying different things and um, seeing what sticks but uh, yeah uh, it's better to do growth now than never yeah i think also um, like nothing beats being a hustler does it like essentially any startup yeah. you just have to hustle so that's basically growth in the beginning exactly and uh, so you mentioned offering workspaces around the world. What's the mm -hmm. vision for the next five, 10 years? Yeah, I think it's to continue to grow in terms of the products that we offer in terms of being able to have a full suite of workspace kind of products for everyone. Essentially, that means going into providing larger offices for people doing like multiple locations for the same business. Uh, I think we geographically grow as our customers grow. So as we work with bigger companies, we work in other geographies as well. I would love to build out our team internally to have workspace designers, to have workspace to be able to provide more value add for people in terms of a building out like hybrid policies and like that side of things, like actually helping shape the hybrid culture and also more functionally in terms of being able to provide like more in terms of, yeah, as I say, like workspace design and branding, et cetera. Because at the moment we outsource all that. I'd love to be able to like bring that in-house to be able to provide like more value to the customers. Great. Best of luck. And uh, imagine as a founder, you interact with contracts quite a bit. What are the key legal agreements that you come across? And uh, are there any areas of friction that you encounter? Yeah, we do come across a lot of contracts. Essentially, we obviously have like on two sides of it for the on-demand. Uh, we have contracts with the workspaces in terms of like how that like function like happens. And those, the problem with that is that they change a lot. The way that the workspace want to provide their on-demand spaces change a lot. The percentages change, etc. There's a really high turnover of people within co-working spaces. So it seems that like every new employee that comes in they want to review the contracts and you have to start from day one again and they're obviously working with multiple platforms so they they try and align it be the same with all the platforms they work with and then we're trying to align it to make it the same with all the co-working spaces that we work with so there definitely can be like trouble within that um, and then I guess we also primarily work uh, when someone does like an office lease 
for like from three months up to like five, 10 years. There's always contracts involved in that. Normally, there would be a lawyer on the side who would review the contracts, but the first person that reviews the contract from the office space would be us because we know what to look out for. So yeah, increasingly having to become a lawyer, which can be a struggle. Yeah, I I can definitely relate. And uh, you mentioned key things to look out for. What should a a new founder taking on an office lease look out for? Uh, Yeah, I think, I guess the big things is like, obviously your headline cost. The big thing is like what is included within your contract monthly amount. So there's obviously to include like rent, rates, utilities, Wi-Fi, cleaning, who provides like teas, coffees, all that stuff. A big one is like meeting room credit. So that's something that's included. Break clauses within that 12 months. Use of other buildings. So a lot of the workspaces obviously have like multiple buildings around the world. A, a huge one is obviously at the moment, no one would be taking on an office for as many people they employ. So normally it's about like 50 to 60% of the people of a company. So if you have hundred people, you get an office for 50 to 60 people essentially. And so big one is like the number of passes, the number of people allowed in an office at the same time, et cetera. Cause there's like, there's also health and safety regulations based on that as well. Um, so yeah, a big thing is actually working out how you're going to work your company in a hybrid way in terms of who's in on what days and making sure that the contract will support that in terms of like number of people in the office, who's allowed in, if you're allowed guests, yeah, I think it's basically mapping out how you would work and making sure that the contract relates to that. It seems like there's an awful lot of things to to keep track of. And I imagine this is where Tally can help founders. Yeah. And you're negotiating for an office. It's all the parts that you negotiate, you then have to look back into the contract for. Yeah, we would always recommend that for larger spaces, if you're doing like a leasehold, you would always get like a lawyer to look over it as well. But yeah, I'm sure there'll be a very clever tech, legal tech company that makes it all online soon. Yeah, definitely. We actually are quite active in property, but more on the uh, private rented sector as opposed to commercial. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, every contract will be a legislative contract one day. Yeah, I hope so. Great. Yeah. And uh, I'm conscious, Jules, that I've already taken a lot of your time. So I'm going to ask you the closing question we ask all our guests. If you're being sent a contract to sign today, what would impress you? That is a really hard question. I wish I'd listened to some other people's answers. I think really what you want is the highlighting of the main terms. Actually, no, I take that back. I think what you want is a dictionary because I never understand the legal words. So I think I need a dictionary related to every single word. That you can click on. That's uh, very, actually, that's the first time anyone's ever said that uh, yeah. out of our uh, 50 plus episodes. So, well Maybe done. I need like a and, and I think it's. Sorry? Attached to it. I need like a where you just hover your mouse over it and then it would be a thesaurus and says what it actually means. That's a, a great suggestion and uh, we'll definitely add it to our product roadmap. But um, <laughs> what we. What we offer now, what we offer now is more just uh, for certain terms, we have explanations but we don't have mm. something as general as uh, a dictionary. So yeah. Great. Well, um, thank you. Nice to yep. Yeah. Thank you, Jules. And um, best of luck, Karen Tally. Yeah, you too.